one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hi, welcome to the Football Writers Podcast. My name's Mike Calvin. I'm joined by Adrian Clark of PremierLeague.com and Miguel Delaney of The Independent. I know the talk is of windfalls and transfer war chests, but there's still one game to play, the biggest of the lot. Juventus, champions of Italy, against Real Madrid, champions of Spain, in Cardiff on Saturday night. I think we're going to have a final worthy of the hype. I hope so. I think it's a classic final between two the the two best sides in Europe this season. Uh, Juventus, a tactically fantastic under Allegri. Uh, I've been really impressed. I've, I've watched a lot of their games en route to Cardiff, and I think they're an outstanding team. And, and Real Madrid, although they they've frustrated me throughout a lot of this season, both in La Liga and in the Champions League, they've put in so many poor performances. Real Madrid, but. They've got the talent. They've got so many individuals that can just sprinkle a little bit of stardust at a crucial moment of the game. And that is why they're in the final. It's because they've got players that can just change a game in a flash. I think this is a really fascinating matchup. I'm not sure it's going to be a thriller, but it will certainly be interesting. There's a real sense, Miguel, that there's a generation awaiting its destiny here. You know, Juventus you know, with, the, with Buffon and Cellini and those storied legend play, legendary players is this their time yeah exactly I suppose the fact that they've kind of it's, uh, so many titles in a row now as well that they've finally grown to this moment and have also had the defeated final two years ago against Barcelona so now they're maybe mentally ready to win it um, I think I'd say probably 51% in favour of Juventus to win it I think <laughs> but I mean, Real Madrid just I mean, what Adrian was saying there I, I was at uh, their two last knockout games at home actually I was at uh, three of the last knockout games I was at the, the Bayern home leg and the, the two mm. legs uh, against Atletico Madrid and um, you're right I mean they're, they're a very frustrating team in the sense you always look at them and think, they should be so much better than they are um, but yet then they still put it off and I think to, some, to, to a certain degree they almost kind of defy a lot of football logistics because well, or maybe prove the ultimate football logistic that they've got so much money and they're so big yeah. that they've almost created a squad that has a critical mass of quality yeah. so no matter what's happening they just have enough to, to like, I mean when, when you think that someone like Tony Cruz isn't even one of maybe the top four players in the team or that they can miss Gareth Bale or Hamas the most expensive players in the world yeah. and it doesn't affect them in the slightest but I mean even kind of and beyond that you kind of wonder like what's Zidane's big idea as a manager like I remember at a, at a mix zone last year, kind of, we were asking the players, like, so what, what's actually so good about him? And none of them could actually really explain it. They kind of just went on about the Aurora. But to be fair to him, I suppose he did make some good decisions, particularly against Atletico and Bayern. Oh, yeah. 
Um, and you just because of all that, even though it's almost illogical, but you got to you still go to your rail. They'll, they'll still do something to pull her off. Yeah, straight Juventus. Yeah, but how how do Juve cope with <laughs> Ronaldo um, and the way that they flood forward? Well, they defend brilliantly as a team. Juventus, as simple as that. The organisation of Allegri is outstanding. It's they've got so many grisly defenders that, that they've got so much nous and intelligence. Mm. That um, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident actually they'll be able to shut off the supply line as best they can. The thing is about stopping Ronaldo is that a lot of teams have stopped yeah. him. He, he doesn't really have that many touches on the ball compared to in previous years when he was potentially at his peak. Mm. It's strange to talk of him being over the hill. He's still been brilliant this season. But Ronaldo, I don't expect to dominate this fine. I think it'll be very much on the periphery of the game. It, is, it simply boils down to the fact that key moments... Yeah. Will Juventus get tight enough to him yeah. in the box? Well, because it, 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 he's just got that talent. It was both the games against the, both of their home games against Bayern Atletico. He actually he, he didn't dominate in, in terms of general play. He didn't dominate the game yeah. at all. But yet he rightfully dominates all discussion in the game because he scored a hat trick <laughs> yeah. in both of them. Yeah. Yeah. And he suddenly appears out of nowhere. And is he the footballer's footballer? You know, you talk to footballers mm. about you know the great players, and I always get the sense that players themselves are more in awe of what Ronaldo has done than what Messi does. Particularly young players, actually, I've noticed. If you talk mm. to a lot of young players these days, they all seem in mm. awe of Ronaldo. And I do wonder about it. Maybe, this isn't faint praise, but I think this is possibly true, that a lot of players see Ronaldo and think how he's made himself just through exceptional hard work and mm. something beyond what maybe mm. he should be. Mm. Well, you know, even though he's still got brilliant talent, but there's still kind of an element of kind of making himself, whereas... Messi almost has kind of what feels a, superna- a supernatural ability that can't possibly be rec- recreated. Yeah, he's a flag bearer, isn't he? For, for young players that that maybe aren't as... Well, no-one's as gifted as Lionel Messi, are they? Mm. It, 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 that's a fact. And he has made the best of himself and so much more, Cristiano Ronaldo. What, what a player. And it is through dedication, hard work, complete focus mm. on the job. Um, it's going to be fascinating because Juventus, for my money, are a far superior team to yeah. Real Madrid. As a team... They're miles ahead. Mm. They've got a tactical philosophy. They're very flexible. We don't know how Allegri will line his team up. They could line up with a flat back four, three at the back. They, could, they can play any number of systems, but they will be fine-tuned. They will have a plan in their head. And under you know, a coach like Allegri, they will, they're highly likely to deliver it. It is simply a case of the best team against the best collection of individuals, which will prevail. But you've got that sort of contrast, if you like. If you look at that... Juventus defence. You've got the hitmen. Mm. You know, you've got, you know, <laughs> I love those hitmen, don't you? I love them. And then you've got someone like Danny Alves, who's, who's basically, you know, he, he should turn up in a clown car, which explodes <laughs> as he goes yeah. on the pitch. He is actually, it was interesting to see that um, Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain has been studying how he's been playing. Mm. And you've got that contrast or you know, the comparison to be made on, on Saturday night between... Mm. Danny Alves and Marcello, mm-hmm. similar players. Mm. That's going to be a subplot within the you know, the big picture, isn't it? Yeah, and I, that's another. Marcello's actually probably been one of Madrid's for, again for all the stars they have. They're full back, even though that's probably not a fair way to describe him given what he does. Mm. But he's probably one of their best players, and actually one of the most important players in terms of how he attacks as well. Just because the kind of the wit he gives them, yeah, the way the way he dribbles actually making kind of open a pitch and kind of an, an open opposition mm. teams. But yeah, he's been supreme. So he's kind of different to Alves in the sense that there's, there's probably more kind of technical ability or more creativity whereas Alves is more kind of power running and then 
Would you, would you say so? Yeah, yeah. I, I love the joy yeah. that, that Alves... Alves is exudes. spontaneously brilliant, isn't yeah. he? he? He can just produce these moments mm. where you think, wow, he's, he's a yeah. fullback. How, yeah, yeah. How, how's that happened? Yeah. Uh, I, I love watching him. I love watching Marcelo. Marcelo, I've always thought, was not a great defender, but this year, actually, mm. he's proved me wrong a bit. I think he, he has delivered. He's stepped up. You could argue he's been their best player yeah. this season. That, what a battle that's going to be, actually. Marcelo against, uh, mm. against Danny Alves down that side. I th I'd find it hard to pick a winner. I do think if Real Madrid are to prevail in this game, they'll need Marcelo to have a, a, an outstanding match. Mm. What about Buffon? Yeah, he, he'll be the, there'll be a tide of mm. sentimentality towards him because of who he is. Put him into some sort of historic perspective. Is he the best goalkeeper ever? Um, <laughs> big question, isn't it? Uh, I, I for, actually, from just from a personal perspective, I think the most spectacular keeper I've ever seen was probably Schmeichel. Mm. Just, I think, mm. and Pufas pulled off some great saves. There was something almost kind of um, with Schmeichel. There were so many improbable saves. I mean, the, the way he'd come out for one-on-ones mm. was just so mm. completely dumb. Well, maybe it's almost kind of to, to Buffon's testament that. It's almost more his qualities are more understated. Yeah, and I, I mean, you often hear goalkeepers say it that he just be, be or it's similar to defenders, I suppose. That it's because of how he knows to initially put his body that he doesn't look like he's going to get caught out. Yeah, he stayed at the top, hasn't he, mm -hmm. uh, Buffon, for so long now. He would have to be in the top three yeah, for yeah. sure. But it's Michael. For mm -hmm. in my in my opinion, Michael was just a machine of a keeper and, and yeah, the best I've ever seen. So, so yeah, I'd put Michael above Buffon, but for longevity, I think Buffon deserves a lot of credit. And yeah, I don't think anybody would begrudge him a Champions yeah. League winner's medal. Uh, and under in the line of kind of these uh, very, very long-serving Italian goalkeepers. Uh -huh. I, mean, I mean, Zoff, what, he won a World Cup of 40. Yeah. I mean, and there's been a fair few as well. The, they're Italian quite well care. protected, mind, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at the other end of the age scale, uh, Dybala. Mm. Is it inevitable that someone like that would go to a Real Madrid after Juventus, maybe even the next year or so, because of, as you talked about earlier on, they've got the money, they've got the relentless ambition, they usually get who they want. Well, I think it would actually be something of a shame if he did, because I think European football, they're at a point with so much money in them. And given the fact that this is, this was finally a season where kind of, um, where only one of the traditional, re of the recent massive three, Barca, Bayern and Real, um, were in the semis. I mean, I think for, I think for, for most of the last seven years, mm. three of them have been, have been in the semis, so they kind of had a domination of it. So it would be quite a shame if, just as we have kind of another necessary kind of power rising, one of their best players taken away again. Even though Juventus has made a virtue of basically selling off. I mean, look what's happened the last year with Pogba mm. and that. Mm. Um, but uh, at the same time, I'm sure, I'm be, I think Dybala has to be massive friends with Leo Messi and they WhatsApp all the time. <laughs> but beyond, I think Juventus have been very effective and successful in building kind of. Um, Building up the club in the eyes of Dybala. I mean, I remember hearing the story about how when they first signed for them, which was when they last qualified for the Champions League final, and they brought him on the plane back. And uh, it was one of the uh, old Juventus, um, I can't remember who exactly it was, but they were all kind of said, when the senior players said to them, right, you stay with this club now and, ne and make sure you, you win with us the next time. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of, like, it was kind of to show them, this is what this club is about. And even though they lost that final, it was more to kind of build, mm -hmm. Juventus are here to stay again. Like the, di the dynasty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm really impressed with, with what's happened at Juventus. How many times have they bought players on the cheap? And, and reignited their careers as well. I mean, Pogba is a, is a, is a great example. We, we've seen it with, with a number of players. Danny Alves, I mean, they got him at a time when Barca didn't, weren't that bothered about yeah. keeping him. So, so Juventus have been pretty smart. Higuain, yeah. I think, was a terrific signing. 
the problem Dybala or the problem they've got in keeping a player like Dybala is, is the competition in Serie A yeah. it, there's just not really stiff enough mm. competition um, to, to keep the interest so they need to win this final mm. to keep hold of players like him. Well, that, that could, I mean, Inter, I suppose, if they mm. get through their initial kind of FFP requirements, yes. they could have, be, have huge money again to spend. So it could kind of tilt things in Italy once more. It, it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Mm. I think to have AC Milan, yeah. Inter, you know, Roma are pretty strong. I know mm. just, their managers just left. Napoli yeah. are still decent. They're hanging in so there. Juventus so Juventus are level. Well, to go back even to Juventus, it's, it, it, even in this context, kind of how big clubs operate, it's amazing. I mean, obviously, it's a different kind of ownership to well, some of the controversy they had about twenty years ago. But even twenty years ago, when they had that team that got to three European finals in a row. They made a virtue of selling their best players and rebuilding. I think. Mm. I mean, immediately after winning '96, they sold Viali and Ravanelli. Next year, they kind of changed their forward line again with mm. Inzaghi onto Vieri Vieri onto Inzaghi, and now they kind of do it in yeah. the same way. Yeah. He's, he's top notch, Dybala. Mm. He would be worth an awful lot in the in the transfer mm. market. I think he's left foot. He's a hammer. Yeah. It's, it is one of the best left foots in Europe, no doubt about that. And if he came to the Premier League, he'd be scoring 20... He'd be approaching 20 goals. He'd be, he'd be into double figures and assists. He's really good. Mm. But is the Premier League, for all its money, mm. capable of attracting a young player like that? Yeah, I think it is. Man City have just signed Gabriel Jesus. Bernardo Silva as well. Yeah, exactly. Mm. I, I think the Premier League is still up there. It's yeah. It'd be interesting to see what happens. At the moment, you would still say that Real Madrid, Barca, and Bayern Munich have got that power where they can get the true elite players ahead of ahead of the English clubs. But we've got so much cash and money talks, yeah. doesn't it? I, I, I do think that eventually that that will come round, and, yeah. and we will see the world's best players in the Premier League. If if that's which isn't really the case at the moment. I think we'll talk about it later on in the mm. show. But but you wouldn't put many of the Premier League's best eleven into the best of Europe eleven at the mm. moment I would expect that to change over the next five years mm. who would you who who's stood out for you this season in the Champions League uh, well I suppose my, my, my shadow I think maybe has been player of the season uh, Timothy I was at the um, the Juventus Bayern or Barca return leg and this is what we just touched on a few minutes ago the uh, well, I think I think it really stands out. I think it is interesting how football comes full circle this way. But it just the, the Juventus defenders that just had that that love, that kind of the way they relish getting mm. in, involved in challenges. I think like since kind of I suppose since Guardiola's Barcelona, really the trend in kind of defenders has been to try and develop ball players rather yeah. than ball winners. I mean, mm. we've seen so, and I think it's almost like it's become a little bit of a lost art. But I mean, I suppose that's what always happens in football. If something becomes a lost art, someone else does it, and it becomes so revolutionary again, <laughs> everyone copies it. And there was almost an elephant that we evented against Barca, and just how uh, there was no sense of this team folding. <laughs> was it, was, it was a joy to watch it. Yeah. It was a joy to watch a team relish defending. Yeah, yeah. It really was. I, I loved it. Yeah. Barcelona, by the way, are already being quoted as favourites for next season's Champions League. Uh, new manager coming in, Valverde. I can't see that personally, can you? Um, well, I suppose, to be fair, we probably would have said the same when Luis Enrique took over in 2014. And maybe, I, mean, I think this could be the thing with Barca in general. Just kind of, they've got that block of players and they just kind of need ref- almost kind of a mental refreshment every few years. And to be fair, actually, I mean, there were times in the last few months when I thought they were a much better side than, than Real. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They just signed too many feelers, didn't they, last mm-hmm. season? That was the problem. They didn't sign anybody to really improve mm-hmm. their first 11. I think in central midfield, it needs a bit of a revamp moving forward. It's, bit, it's, it's begun to look a little bit tired. Um, but yeah, play, players of the Champions League, there's been, there's been a few, haven't there? Blimey. Uh, the, the, the entire Monaco team. Yeah, the entire Monaco. Yeah. I mean, back which, which is being is going to be stripped bare, isn't it? And it, oh, Do we have to come to terms with that? Is that modern football? 
It, yeah, we do, but the sad thing is it's happening quicker now than ever before. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, like, I think there, there were so many comparisons with them and the, and the Ajax team in 95. But even that, like, for, all, for all we talk about it, they've got two Champions League finals out of them and actually won it. Mm. Nowadays, it feels like teams get, get one season, <laughs> and even at two, three years younger, and then it's immediately stripped bare. Yeah, so many of that team are going to be on the wanted lists of everybody. The problem is, at the moment, who can afford Kylian Mbappe? I mean, what a player. Mm. He, he is. I mean, it's it's well, been said so many times. That there's already been a bit of a 120 million. Yeah, that, that's that's what he's worth, though. I mean, potentially, he's he's awesome, and I, I'm just massively impressed for someone of his age to make the runs that he makes. He's instinctively superb, um, intelligent. He's got the physical tools. Um, he, he's going to score. He's going to plunder a record-breaking amount of goals. I think he. Okay, it's early days, but he looks the kind of player that's capable of maybe one day catching Ronaldo and Messi. It's going to take some effort, and that's a big statement, but but I've been so impressed by him. I can, I can imagine him scoring 30, 40 goals a season for, for a number of years. I mean, he's a teenager, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. When, you, when you put it that, like, <laughs> to be that effective, that young, that's, a, that's, that's why he's worth that price, because you're investing it, yeah. he's seven years or so. It is frightening. Uh, there's a lot of good players. Alexandro's impressed me a lot. Yeah. Juventus left back, Thiago Al- Alcantara, I think he was brilliant. That, that's for Barcelona, of course. For, for, yeah, for <laughs> yeah. Bayern Munich, he was, he was superb. And, and Ronaldo, I think, it's hard to look too far past him and, and his goal output in the Champions League so there's a number of contenders What about um, Usman Dembele at Dortmund along with you know, P- um, Pulisic who's fantastic Pulisic Yeah yeah and actually Dembele's goal this weekend was just, yeah, typically sensational mm. um, so maybe that's, that's almost quite a slight disappointment with Dortmund this season They're, they've actually their thunder was taken by the team that knocked them out Monaco and that's what, yeah. obviously the, the circumstances in that game were um, you know do kind of, should, should change the discussion about it mm. with, with the attack but um yeah. yeah, I mean, you, it's, because of what Bonico have done, it's easy to forget just how impressive Dortmund have been. And I suppose they're going to change manager now. You think the news has come out today that Tuchel is to leave. Mm. Uh, possibly there could be other ripple effects from that. Yeah. But yeah. Premier League? Um, you'd hope so. I'd like to, I'd like to see him here. Because mm. um, even, I mean, there's a lot of stories about how the players eventually kind of grew. There was a bit of tension between himself and, uh, mm. between yes. them so and his He fell out with the, the true scout as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think probably there's an undercurrent as well that they kind of want, what they want, they want to... Bringing the next bright young hope as a manager and the upgrade, but um, but even still, like I mean, the football they've played over the past few years great, great to watch. Yeah, I think Thomas Tuchel is definitely a, one of the planet's most impressive young coaches. But I don't know if he's ready for a, a massive. Well, okay, he is ready for a big job. Dortmund are a huge club, aren't they, in the Bundesliga? Um, but I don't know. Would he be a top six manager? In I don't in know. I, I'm not totally sold on it. I think he has still got. One or two question marks. I think defensively, Borussia Dortmund were, were quite poor at times, and they were making the same mistakes over and over. Mm. So I would say that the Tuchel, uh, there is a big question over whether he can be good enough defensively at the highest level. And no doubt he will produce teams that will play wonderful football and they'll be a joy to watch. But I don't know. I think his organisational skills. Not, not wholly sold on it yet. Well, I think, I think to, to go from Dortmund maybe to the next level of club, we probably need to actually. I mean, Dortmund very good to watch. Got the Champions, got in the Champions League, but they probably needed to kind of have that extra level of achievement to mm. kind of make the jump up out and kind of just mm. kind of keep, keeping them good, but not not really as kind of I suppose, as impactful as they were on the clock. Yeah. yeah. Well, we talked about Allegri yeah. earlier on. Yeah. Allegri is at that level, yeah. and two shows about here. Really, yeah, isn't yeah. It? I would say so. Yeah. If yeah, if you're going to mention Allegri, he. 
many people would say he was the best tactical coach in the world at the moment, and I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with that. I think he, he is he's elite. He would be he would certainly be in my top top five, top three perhaps. And uh, if and when he does leave Juventus, they, they'll all want him. But then the remarkable thing about Allegri as well is that when he got that job, his actually his reputation was quite. Uh, mm. I mean, do I think there was a lot of disappointment among Juventus fans when I got him? His reputation wasn't great because I suppose how things had ended up, but uh, you know, Milan, uh, yeah, Milan. Um, so I mean, <laughs> I suppose I mean, sometimes you feel you to put too much stock in managers in that yeah. sense because because of how it's, it's depending on the circumstances how they reacted to the thing. Yeah, what I've been impressed with, with Allegri is that his horses for courses approach. Yeah. He will change things very quickly during games. Not every manager. You get good coaches uh, who can improve players, yeah. and I think he he can do that. But the, the very best see things from the dugout, yeah. from the technical area, very quickly, and they're able to change and adapt. Mm. Uh, and he does that brilliantly. What will he spot in terms of weaknesses with Real Madrid? Well, <laughs> the, well the, the, the main weaknesses with Real Madrid are without the ball, aren't they? Because I, I don't think that I think they're a bit off the cuff. Yeah. Real Madrid. That, that, that's the way they play. That's that's partly what makes them so good, but it's also fragility. I think if you play on Sergio Ramos, you put enough pressure on him, yeah. there will always be a mistake in Sergio Ramos. I think um, actually set piece are going to be interesting. Like kind of warriors like Chiellini on Ramos, if they kind of yeah. marking each other, going to mm. be a bit of bite there. <laughs> Very much so. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's I can pick a lot of holes in Real Madrid, mm. but but they make up for it with yeah. with, with their brilliance. Uh, so it, it would be more about how Juve contain. Real Madrid, how they nullify their star players, and then I do I do believe they've they've got the ability to to scythe through them at, at key moments. And Higuain, he proved I think in the in the last round that he can deliver on the big stage. So uh, he only needs half a chance. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fascinating final. Mm. You mentioned about almost like the cult of personality mm. around modern managers or coaches. Jose Mourinho, give me your report card on him after the Europa League victory. Um, uh, I still think I can't get away from the idea that they should have challenged for the title. I think it, it was so built up towards the. I think, I think same applies for, for Guardiola, by the way. And a lot of this, I think it's an acceptable season now. You could call it qualified success. They got yeah. they've got they qualified the Champions League, but by the start of the season, there's no escaping the fact that they they wanted more than just qualifying the Champions. They wanted more than kind of the kind of I suppose the third or fourth ranked trophies or fourth or fifth ranked trophies in that way. Um, oh, and by the way, do we count the community no, absolutely not. as a trophy? <laughs> uh, absolutely, that, that was cringe, wasn't it? Yeah. With the three finger salute. Yeah, I mean, come well, yeah. I mean, with Mourinho, is to be easy? He's doing that because he knows it'll get him people. It'll he knows deep down. He knows yeah. that they were the two minor trophies. Look, it is an achievement, mm. and he's gone from what I would describe as a D. Mm. No doubt about it in the in the Premier League. I don't care, but uh, the unbeaten yeah. run was excellent in terms of, of, of stability. But but they were dreadfully dull to watch at times. Okay, yeah. the, the finishing was poor, and it probably wouldn't take that much to turn yeah. turn a lot of those draws into victories. But it would be a D without those trophies. Mm. But but the the two trophies have to turn it into a, a B. Uh, don't and, they? and it's a little bit too convenient to kind of say, oh well, we know, oh we we, we got our we got our, our job in the end. We got the Champions League, and well, we the league. You can forget about that because we did this. Well, no, you, the only reason you went for these trophies is because you failed in the main job yeah. of, of the league. And, and that was the thing about United Season. It was kind of gradually, as, as the months went on, the kind of the, the priorities kind of le lessened and diminished. The, the, the stats were really damning. I can't remember the exact numbers, but it was the fewest victories in a season mm -hmm. since like 1990, mm -hmm. 91. I mean, that, that's, yeah. that, that's Mourinho who spent 
all that money on the Bundesliga's best player, the world's most expensive player, and Zlatan, mm -hmm. in terms of the funding of the wages. He's brought those three in, and he's, he's got the fewest amount of wins. That's that's yeah. terrible. Um, the fewest amount of goals, home. It was the fewest home victories, or the or the, the least amount of times they sent their fans home happy this season in donkey's years and the whole Premier League era. There, there were a lot of disappointments, but the two trophies yeah. have sent the fans yeah. home happy. Let's try and throw it forward, Migs, if we can. What time scale does Mourinho have to win the Champions League for Man United? Um, I suppose the one thing is actually I think the Champions League could be easier for him to win than the league just because of the fact that it's a knockout competition he does have it to be fair he is he's got like such a supreme record in knockout competition as we've seen this season mm. and the Champions League competition as vaunted as it is and for all the prestige and even you know it's, it's, mm. it's the biggest trophy in football if you, get, if you kind of get to the quarterfinals it's rather easy done for a wealthy club suddenly you need two good performances and you could be on the brink of it one lucky draw and like we've seen over the past few years, I mean, like Chelsea won the Champions League was probably their, their worst season of the last decade, yeah, yeah. Uh, with their worst team of the yeah, last decade. Yeah. And that, that happens fairly. I think they're actually the same with Real Madrid in, in 2016, even though they've just kind of gone on to win the title. Mm. But I think I think it's going to be tougher for them to win the league. And although if you win the Champions League, they, they won't care in that sense. <laughs> the, the one thing I'd say from Real, I suppose to be fair, um, the, I think there is a worry this season. I mean, that the constant hope has been well, he doesn't have the players yet to play in a kind of type of football he wants. Um, but that was under cup by the way against Ajax. Even when they could, because I thought the first twenty minutes against Ajax they were excellent, and this is a young team that could just trample all over. But then they retreated, mm. and it, it, that kept happening in big games. And now I suppose the argument with United is that once he gets his players in, mm. that'll change. Although the fact they're playing someone like Ajax maybe is an argument against that. But for Mourinho, to be fair, every single job he's gone to in that second summer, he's spot. Even if things have gone wrong in the future, that second summer. He's always spotted. He, he knows exactly what he has on the team. He's forensically improved him through kind of working the transfer market mm. and kind of suddenly, yeah, and, you know, it's almost like he's got every little kind of ingredient. Yeah, we've got to remember that there were a number of people, a lot of well-respected pundits, mm. journalists, that were saying that Jose Mourinho was a busted flush earlier on in the mm. season, weren't mm. they? They were saying that he's got. He doesn't know how to deal with players. He went in at Old Trafford and upset a few people, and the results initially didn't go. And that impression was understandable. It, no, it was under. You, mm. You're objective at the time, and you say what you. See. Yeah. And I understood why people were saying that, but I think he has actually, by virtue of the way that he's gone about winning those two trophies, especially in the Europa League, with tactical, mm. you know, tactical displays. I think he has nailed it. He has proved that he isn't a busted flush and that he he can deal with players. But yeah, they're, they're a long way off of uh, of winning the Premier League. They're miles away. Mm. I mean, d defensively, not so. Going forward, he's, he's got to um, he's got to score a whole bucket load more goals to stand any hope of winning the Premier League mm. let's look at Manchester City talk of £300 million pounds, you know the war chest that we talked about earlier if that's the case what's the point of spending £200 million pounds on an academy but yeah it's <laughs> <laughs> it's mad well it's, it's, it's almost like an academy is a flagship thing these days and also Nice, nice changing rooms, nice pitches. Yeah, yeah. And, and I suppose it's also kind of, it's almost a, a side of the business in itself that you produce the players to a certain level. And, so, and like, to be fair, Real Madrid have done that for a year. If you look at the likes of Juan Mata and Negredo all came through their system um, and elsewhere. But I suppose I mean, that kind of proves, I mean, you have an academy and it's almost like the, the point of the academy beyond that business sense is also to produce that one player every 10 yeah. years and they're going to burst through because that, that's what it takes at a top club now. Yeah, mm. um, yeah, and they, I suppose they'll make money out of selling these players a little bit like Chelsea. Chelsea's mm. youth system's fantastic, isn't yeah. it? They mm. just don't really give the, the kids a go. Um, yeah, it's interesting, wasn't it, that Guardiola was offered, has been offered a new deal, if, if the reports yeah. are that true, three years. I, I don't understand that. I think that's a, that's 
that sounds like a balmy idea because on what basis what has he done in that first season to to justify a raise and and more time really I thought I thought it was a really big yeah. disappointment okay they finished the season strong and you can see where they're going mm-hmm. and you can see that that he is probably the right man moving forwards but he hasn't done enough to justify a new deal no I, I'd agree yeah I think that's been slightly disappointing I mean I think there have been times when City have actually played some of the best football in the league and you can see yeah. the idea it's, mm-hmm. it's a, some of the football has been electric but yet still uh, just like Mourinho the fact they didn't challenge him the title is, a, is an indictment I think that I think that's really poor I, and even allowing for the uh, this whole argument that he hasn't had, doesn't have the players play the proper Guardiola style. We, you have to, it has to be an element of compromise. I mean, some decisions were just bizarre. Like, <laughs> like to, to play so gung ho against Leicester. Right? Right, you can argue all he wants about, well, you've got to, to, you know, to make an idea stick, you've got to pers- persevere yeah. with it. But that, you can still do that, but then compromise in certain games. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was very uh, tunnel vision, mm-hmm. fo- focused on, on one method. And it was to the detriment of the team. Manchester City at the start of last season were, were, were electric. They were brilliant with and without the ball. The first 10 games, we all said they were title favourites. What what went on after that was, was embarrassing. It was shambolic, really. And I think Guardiola was to blame for that. Um, so, so I'm really surprised they've offered him a new deal. But, but I do think that he will learn from his mistakes. But is that a reflection, Adrian, of, of modern football? Where basically now clubs have got so much money... Yeah. They buy a team rather than build a team. Yeah, they do. Yeah, and that's that will happen. That, but that's what Man City have been doing, isn't it? Over the years, they they bought their title win inside, didn't they? And now they're rebuilding, and they're going to give Guardiola what he needs to to deliver another title win inside. And I wouldn't back against him doing it. But he to to win the title, he has to not neglect the defence, and he neglected it this year. He, he, it was it was it was. Well, it was really poor. Without the ball, Manchester City were weaker than so many other mm. sides. And it, from the outside looking in, it didn't look as if he did a whole lot about it. Yeah. This summer, he has to. And I think the slight like, disappointment with both um, Guardiola and Mourinho in that sense is because it's, it's interesting. If money is so big now, but all the clubs have this money, it kind of makes it an equal. It actually increases the importance of just pure coaching mm-hmm. and that was what's so impressive about Conte I mean, he, every situation he took through the league's ease and every negative he took and turned it into a positive yeah. he took it as and improved so many players I think we might have expected a little bit more from that from um, yeah. from Mourinho and Guardiola yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. Let, let's go through the players who've been linked or have signed for City already mm-hmm. let's start off with um, the, the, the first batch of um, players who are coming out of Monaco mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of talk about, obviously, Bernardo Silva. Yeah. He is David Silva, Mark II, yeah, isn't yeah. it? And you look at that, that's a typical Pep play. You've almost now got Pep and the Seven Dwarfs, haven't you? The, the little players. <laughs> his, his dream of 11, 5 foot 8 playmakers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what sort of impact do you think he will, he will make in the Premier League next season? Yeah, I, I think it'd be excellent. Yeah. yeah, I think it'd be one of those where immediately you've got to. By, by the second game of the season, you're always like, well, have, do you see what he's already done? He did be scoring a moment of magic. Um, so also, the, he was the man of the match in the match of the season, wasn't he, in yeah. that Champions oh, yeah. League time? Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the, the one thing about it, though, actually, um, they're both obviously individually excellent players, but I think what was so great about Monaco was the way Mappe and Silva actually enhanced each other. The amount of times, I think, particularly in Champions League, we saw them try that move, Silva kind of curling in an arse ball, mm. and Mappe using Mappe's run. Mm. Um, <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, he, like, yeah, he's a, he's, a, he's a class player. Could be Gabriel he, Jesus in the end of that. Yeah, look, they've got so many goals in them, so much mm. creativity. They scored a lot of goals this season, Manchester City, so I expect them to 
yeah. beat that next year with the, with the talent they've got. It, it's all about, in terms of winning stuff for Man City, it's all about what they do at the other end of the pitch. I do like the the, the link with the left back Mendy. I think mm. he would be mm. he would be quality for them and Carl Walker as well on the other side. They seem that they, looks pretty much nailed on. Yeah, they, it, yeah they need two new fullbacks, and those two guys would be really powerful. Um, go forward and, yeah. and good defenders as well. So, yeah. uh, what yeah. about the, the goalkeeper? It seems uh, Edison it seems he's going to sign yeah, probably easy. tomorrow. Um, Forty million pounds for a goalkeeper who's yet to win a, a full international cap. Yeah. Does that tell you where we are in the, in the transfer market? <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I suppose it tells a lot about kind of just the very specifics of oh, Pep's demands for goalkeeper. The, the, I mean, this guy seems to have the elements that would, particularly with his feet, that would suit Guardiola. But it, it's, it's amazing the Bravo thing has kind of just been ripped up so readily, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah. Now, I suppose that's, that's, Some, that is quite decisive in that sense. But Yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, was, he was fairly ruthless yeah. when he came to it, wasn't he? Yeah. He ditched him for Caballero when it, it just became too much. Mm. I mean, I can't quite believe how bad Bravo it was, really. Yeah, I mean, he, he just yeah. didn't make any saves, did he? Almost every shot went, went through him. Yeah, what's, what's amazing about that? As well, I mean, this this is a guy that had a stick for 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 a player who had such a distinguished career ahead of that to suffer such a kind of humiliating campaign looks so yeah. out of sorts. It was actually amazing. You got yeah, you'd, you'd maybe look at the at the staff behind the scenes, mm. the goalkeeping coach. What happened there? Mm. I, I, he certainly didn't. He 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 got gradually worse as the, as the season went along. So yeah, look, we'll see. I haven't I haven't seen a great deal of, of Edison, but um, but yeah, he's, he clearly fits the criteria and and. I, I can actually see. The more I, I always, when I commentate on games, when I look at games, I always find it baffling that, that these modern managers take so many chances with the goalkeepers mm. passing mm. it out from the back. But but when you see it work, and when you see a keeper clip a ball into yeah. the front player, he knocks it off, and they go and score a goal. You think, okay, I see where they're coming from. Yeah. So so if you can, I love those hooked clearances. That <laughs> yeah. They do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do see the virtue of it. I, I I still would argue that the risk to a reward yeah. ratio is very very low. Well, uh, I mean, the, the, the classic one. I mean, I suppose this is the fundamental Pep uh, goalkeeper moment. Remember. When, in the Classico in, I think, December 2011, when Valdez had the ball out, I think it was Benzema, another Real Madrid kind of, uh, player, just charged and really pressed him. Yeah. Like the, the, the angle to make the pass almost non-existent, and he put it through both of them. <laughs> and, and this is about after nine minutes of the game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, when it works, it's brilliant. But but I just wonder yeah. how many goals does a, does a footballing goalkeeper genuinely set up? Yeah. And how many goals do you concede on the back of overplaying at the back? And City certainly didn't get the balance right last year. What do you think will happen with Joe Hart? He's already said he's enjoyed Torino, but he won't be going back. Where will he end up in the Premier League? It's an interesting one, I suppose. I mean, there's obviously there's been a little bit of kind of manoeuvring to try and put him if the Gaia does leave United to make it. Although I think they're more interested in Jan Oblak. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's it's slightly different because there's no immediately obvious place, and he might have to kind of drop down. Liverpool. Potentially Liverpool, yeah. I, yeah, I'm just not sold on Joe Hart at the moment. I, I don't actually know how good he is. I, I don't. He's had a few disappointments now, hasn't he, in his yeah. career? He's had a few setbacks on the big stage. He's he's mucked up for England. He's he's mucked up for City. He's been unwanted by a manager that's regarded as one of the best on the planet. I just he's taken a lot of knocks, Joe Hart. Yeah, yeah. It feels as if he might need to resurrect his career with a mid-table club. Oh, 
and and get a lot of practice and maybe he can come back up but uh, we've seen with Jordan Pickford at Sunderland yeah. actually playing for a relegated team or a team near the bottom of the table can be one of the best things yeah. for a goalkeeper well he was in my team in the Premier League season yeah, I think I he was in yours wasn't he mm. yeah. yeah so well, actually it, I think I did yeah. A in the end yeah <laughs> if, if, if Joe Hart wants to restore his reputation I would actually almost point him towards a, a, a mid to lower Premier League team and say go, go and make a whole bunch of saves uh, and restore your reputation mm. Looking further forward in a potential City team, Alexis, Alexis Sanchez. Is that a realistic prospect? I still think if he was to move to an English club, Chelsea would be likelier by county Arsenal countenancing that. Mm. Um, no chance. Yeah, because from everything you hear about kind of from people that know, from the few people actually that know Alexis quite well, he absolutely, he, uh, London claims is the best city he's ever lived in. Right, good. And he loves the anonymity of London that London affords him. Because I think he's, you wouldn't call him a little cruise guy, but he, he likes his privacy. For sure. Yeah, he's uh, not the most social yeah, yeah. character. Um, and, I, and I think he realises that wouldn't be possible in a smaller city, particularly like I suppose Manchester, which could be a bit of a kind of goldfish bowl for him. Mm. Uh, maybe the same with Munich and even Shirin. Um mm. So I think he, he wants to stay in London. But wants to say a winning project, uh, so I mean, like, it caused a few complications. This issue, I just, I just yeah, if Arsenal sell him to Chelsea or City, I just, I just can't see it. Yeah. I, I, the reaction to that, from they, they'd own, rather let him run his contract. I, I would, yeah. and I know that sounds crazy, but I would rather lose fifty million than sell than sell him to Chelsea or Manchester mm. City. And I think most fans would. I think Bayern Munich is the most obvious yeah. um, route for him. But all is not lost. If, uh, I'm as a follower of Arsenal, someone that hopes they do well. I um, sincerely hope that they'll, they'll give him the money that he needs to stay, and uh, and they can keep him and Özil and uh, and build. In that perspective, Adrian, it seems you know, what we're hearing today is that Wenger's going to sign the two-year contract, a formal announcement, yeah. possibly tomorrow, Wednesday. Okay. If that's the case, in the context of the FA Cup final win, mm. best move possible? I think at this stage, yes, it is. I think it's just good to know one way or the other. I think Arsenal fans just want to know. Being in limbo hasn't really helped anybody. Um, I, I think a lot of fans, and I see the argument, w wouldn't have minded if Arsene Wenger had bowed out mm. on such a, such a high of winning the FA Cup. It would have been what, what a send-off that would have been. But the problem is that, that at this stage now, uh, who would Arsenal turn to? It looks like Allegri has committed himself to Juventus. So look, if he, if he is to stay, uh, good. Let's re let's rebuild that squad. I still think, despite the magnificent performance in the cup final uh, and the nature of it, which I think was hugely encouraging, I still think the the squad needs beefing up. I think there are, there are big improvements to make. Um, four or five players to come out. Four or five pl uh, better players to come in. And more of a focus on the defensive side of the game. And I think Arsenal can can do a lot better next season. I mean, 75 points actually wasn't too bad mm. in terms of a points yeah, tally return, compared yeah. to recent seasons. So it wasn't as disastrous as a lot of people made out. Um, but, but lessons have to be learned. And, and that cup final performance has to be the blueprint of the way Arsenal play moving forward. Because when Arsenal marry physicality, aggression and teamwork with their obvious skill and movement, they're some team. Mm. Give us a perspective, Miguel, about how Wenger reacted you know, to that moment of, you know, must have been supreme self-satisfaction mm -hmm. at Wembley. You know, obviously you saw him at close quarters in, in the press duties yeah. and media mm -hmm. um, stuff that he did. What was your sense of him? 
Well, actually, the, the sense I got above anything beyond kind of, I suppose, the all the code and game playing with uh, the, the, the politicking over his contract. Yeah. Mm. But you kind of you saw essentially why it's going to be very difficult for Wenger to ever leave because it's just. I think he lives the game more yeah. than pretty much any other manager. Like, there was an interesting moment in our Monday's press conference where kind of he'd been asked about his contract again. Kind of, used to, you know, look, can he just first of all he goes, just let me enjoy the moment. Yeah. Can we please yeah. sleep well? But then he was kind of so what does the FA Cup mean? And he's he kind of look, he kind of gestured out to the stadium and kind of said, yeah. uh, where where in life do you get a moment like this? Do you get joy like this? And I think this is the thing. It's that's what it ultimately comes down to with Wenger. Just, I think he's admitted himself that he doesn't have his horses like Alex Ferguson. Yeah, he doesn't have too many interests yeah. outside the game beyond kind of uh, hard news and current affairs. Um, so he kind of it's it's he he just lives and breathes yeah. football. And I understand why he wants to stay. He wants to stay. He's in the he job wants, he loves. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't want anything else out of life. It it boils down to the board and whether they you know have they been decisive yeah. enough in terms of. Um, Getting that decision now down that you are staying or deciding to make the change, and I think the board have have probably let it drag on a little bit too much uh, on their side. But but if it's sorted now, look, we move on and providing lessons to learn, then then I think well, Arsenal can improve. I also think a big thing with him as well is again you got to sense of that on, on Saturday, but from hearing from people that know him that he, he doesn't want the job out of kind of sentimentality and charity. He wants to he wants to stay on because they completely trust him and trust all his ideas. And mm-hmm. it's kind of been interesting over the past few weeks. He's had a lot of public, um, co- slightly covert or coded digs about kind of things they've tried to bring in, like yeah. the discussion about director of football yes. after the Everton game. He he kind of he went on one about uh, the use of stats, kind of. Well, maybe we won't have humans deciding anymore, like robots, <laughs> because it? apparently there is just kind of been much more use kind of, of, of analytics at Arsenal. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he, like he he wants a job, but on his terms. Yeah. The switch to three at the back, I thought, was really timely mm. because it felt as if he had to. Prove yeah, that I can change. Yeah. That I am willing to do something different, and I don't even know whether he knew at the time how effective it would be, or whether he was completely convinced about yeah. whether his players or team were suited to it. It's since proven that that, yeah. that is definitely the case. I think they're very suited to three at the back, but it just felt to me anyway. It felt like he he had to do something, so he did, and now it's worked. It's put him in such a good, mm-hmm. strong position with the board that now I. I suspect they, they believe him when he says, I'm going to do things a little bit differently moving forward. We had the last Wembley showpiece, in, in club football anyway, um, on Monday. Huddersfield getting in on penalties after a dreadful game. <laughs> yeah. But let's look at that. You know, we've talked about money, you know, unlimited amounts of money in relation to the Premier League. They bought 11 players for £3.8 million and they're now in the, in the Premier yeah. League. That's one heck of an achievement. And, he, and even actually in this press conference after the game, Wagner made such a point going, our budget is less than 12 million. I didn't report a 12 million. Okay. So, um, but I, well, I think it's going to be, it's more than ever because of the amount of money in the game, it's going to become the kind of, the new defining uh, quality of managers. I suppose, how much you can maximise resources. I think it's, it's one reason, at the, at the other end of the scale, to be fair, but why, okay, Pochettino hasn't won a trophy, but why his season has felt so satisfying and successful, because, Really, Spurs shouldn't be able to finish second yeah. ahead of clubs that are so much wealthier. Um, but yeah, um, although it's an interesting given all this money that we have had a few little examples of that now of managers that are kind of mm. are defining Wagner, 
possibly the latest. Mm. Very I, get, I get the sense that that defeat will probably mean that Yapstam will move on from Reading. Yeah, there have been a lot of whispers about Yapstam, haven't there, for a few months now. Uh, he's an ambitious guy. I think he's proven himself. Um, Reading were nowhere mm. near it last year, were they? Yeah. He, he's clearly an astute guy, uh, good leader. He's got an aura about him. Defensively, he, he, he made Reading very solid. They just weren't good enough, were they, yeah. at the end of the day? I think, I think mm. Huddersfield had that little quite, sprinkling quite of, of quality. Reading, yeah, they're very dull to watch. Um, but he will he will get a better job, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be good to see. Mm. Yeah, Stam, I remember interviewing him as a player, and uh, he was a nice guy, quite scary. Yeah. <laughs> I would imagine yeah, yeah. that he would frighten a lot of players. him and Sean Dyche in the same dressing <laughs> yeah, room? Yeah, look, look, it's a new breed of managers coming through. But he, he clearly knows what he's doing because it, there was an average group of players, yeah. and they were within a penalty kick of each of the Premier League, which is which is a great effort. Yeah, um, Newcastle. How do you see the dynamic? between Rafa Benitez and Mike Ashley? Um, well, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's two Thought men with, with danger. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's two men with a significant history in this area, with, with, with a host of other uh, people. <laughs> Rafa with, with, with other... Um, you know, directors of football and owners, uh, Mike, Mike Ashley, other managers. So could go any right? day. Could... And, and, and yeah, at the same time, maybe, maybe it's kind of you know, it's just the the, the, the delicate chemistry of it. I mean, somehow they're just kind of they've managed to persevere through yeah. so far. Um, <laughs> I, I do wonder though. I suppose I think actually Newcastle have successful seasons here. Rafa, for for all the criticism he gets, for all the issues with him, he's still a fundamentally good manager. Very good, mm. yeah. um, and a good man as well. Yeah. You know the way he's he's still got that obvious affinity with Liverpool. I, I just think it's wonderful. Yeah, he wants to go back there, doesn't he? <laughs> He'd love to go back, wouldn't he? No, it's good to have Rafa back in the Premier League. I, I do hope he sticks it out and that they can somehow make it work at, yeah. at Newcastle. Mm. If, he, if he's given half-decent funds, then I, I'm sure he'll get it right. I'm really impressed with the, the way he built the squad for the Championship. I know they sort of fell over the line to some degree, but yeah, he's, he's a top manager. He probably mm. deserves to be... With a better team than Newcastle, but but yeah, I wish they were. Well, I think they probably... you get that club singing. Newcastle, yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah, I think I think they'll be okay next year. Huddersfield, there's a lot of work to do for Brighton too. What about Brighton? Because everyone will wish Chris Hewton well yeah. because he's a very popular guy. Understandably, good guy. Mm. Just... The one slight worry, though, I think maybe maybe this, maybe this is a bit unfair, but you wonder is is Hewton almost in that kind of Mick McCarthy with his old international team with that trap of kind of being a manager who's excellent in the championship but once it comes to the Premier League that maybe they're kind of lacking that little bit of extra because it's happened a few, although maybe that's unfair given what he did at Newcastle and how, yeah. how, he was kind of, how he kind of left there but there has been a kind of we saw it at Norwich they just have to get their expectations in proportion, don't they, Brighton? They will be in a relegation struggle it would be a miracle I think if they're not in a relegation struggle and I just hope that they stick with him mm. because Burnley did when when mm. they struggled, they went down. Sean Dyche brought them back up, and and he's building something really really special there. So he he deserves a full season in the Premier League, if, yeah, even yeah. if they are really, in the yeah. bottom three. And, and, yeah, and I suppose this is the thing now as well. Uh, it's almost like go up, get the experience of it, go back down, even if you, and then use it again and build. And well, think of the money he's brought into yeah, yeah. the club mm. by virtue of them taking it. Mm. I think he deserves. If if they go down, it's it's still a success. The fact that he took them for that one year in there. Yeah. So that's next season. We've still got, as we said right at the start of the show, one more game. Let's have some predictions. <laughs> Fancy Juventus. We all know about the Champions League winner's curse. No defended champion has, has defended the trophy. And I just feel that Juventus are tactically a smarter side, the better team. 
I think they'll edge this final 2-1 after extra time. I think, I think Real Madrid will score, but 2-1 after extra time. I completely agree with everything Adrian has said, um, but it's precisely because Real have so often defied logic that yeah. I'm just going to go with them. Just, uh, they'll, they'll do something, they get Ronaldo, Ronaldo he'll suddenly appear, 78 minutes, there. <laughs> there's, there's the winner. Yeah. So I'll go, I think I'll go 2-1 Real. Uh, Juventus for me, probably the odd goal in three, and there won't be a dry eye in the house. Thanks for joining us here on the Football Writers Podcast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.